your dog is spoiled. No, he's competitively compensated for an excellent user experience. Welcome to In Case You Get Hit by a Podcast with Abby Schneiderman and Jean Newman. I'm your host, Angela, and every week I'll be sitting down with Jean and Abby to cover issues related to organizing your life, home, and household. Welcome. We have a very special guest today. Abby and I are excited to have Harris with us. Harris, how many years have we worked with you now, Harris? How long has it been? I mean, I got to tell you, it's been, we're almost at my six year anniversary. So we've been, wow. we've known each other for over six years now since we first met. So we're so excited. So, so the, the, the main thing that we want to talk to you about is we know we're all pet lovers, dogs, cats, everything, but something happened to you recently. You took the plunge and you have a puppy at home. When did you come to the realization that you're like, this is, it's, it's puppy time. It's puppy time. I didn't grow up with dogs. So for me, you know, I never imagined myself having a puppy. And a couple of years ago, when I first got together with my girlfriend, she had a dog and I started to get familiar with the walking of dogs. And I was like, you know what? I, you know, I loved her dog right from the start, but I never saw myself like having a puppy in my home at all times. And right away, like it probably took a month and I realized that having dogs in your life is a game changer. I mean, total game changer. And, you know, fell in love with her puppy or her dog. It's a five-year-old Morky, Maltese Yorkie named Kaibo. And then, you know, like most people during the pandemic, I got on a couple wait lists for puppies um, and it took about four months um, to get through that waitlist process and, and got a puppy. And I realized, you know, during that period, I was so excited because I started researching and doing all that kind of stuff. And it's, it's a game changer. It's a total life changer for anyone out there who's contemplating getting a puppy. It's everything that you think it would be, except one thing. It's not easy. It's definitely not easy. Puppies are not easy. So Buddy um, is my puppy, and Buddy is actually away at sleepaway camp right now. I'm calling it sleepaway camp. It's actually training and boarding um, because Buddy got to the point where, you know, I did all this research on best practices for training and quickly realized that I am not qualified to train a puppy in all of the ways that, need, that a puppy yeah. would be trained. So I decided to go out and invest in helping a puppy, um, helping Buddy get properly trained. Um, you know, I'm hoping that by the time he gets back, he'll be making me breakfast. He'll be, <laughs> now Buddy is going to be trained to do all of the little things um, that you'd expect a dog and that you see happening on the street that you think were really easy, but they really weren't. Like the way that puppies walk on the street. A lot of times puppies are pulled by the leash, are pulling the leash and you're like sitting there getting pulled down the street. Um, little things like that. Buddy's a little bit of a nipper and he does these little, this little biting and it's all playful. There's no aggressive behavior. Um, so he's going to be trained to my goal. Um, my girlfriend and my goal, our goal is to get Buddy to be a service animal. We think it would be amazing to be able to bring Buddy to hospitals and to be able to have him around children to, you know, brighten people's day. And that's the goal. So we think it's important to get the basics really drilled down so that over the next year, um, as we become, make him into a service animal, 
um, he'll be ready to go. And Gene, you've had dogs for so long, and I'm yeah. sure you've seen this too. Walking down the street, people light up when they see mm-hmm. a puppy or way they, they see a dog. And I think it's just so amazing. So you mentioned, because again, I didn't grow up with dogs. Like, I, and I think that that makes a difference in some way because having being almost childlike, where it's saying most people know as a child what it's like to have a dog, and not knowing that. And I remember my mom used to feel she saw how much I cared about my dogs, yeah. and she'd say, "Oh, I feel guilty." I'm like, "No," because at that point you would have taken care of the dog, and I probably would have not been as responsible. Mm-hmm. And it's a different, it's a different like mentality. What you mentioned about training is very true because people yeah. think it's automatic and it's a constant process and you learn with puppies like their razor teeth, their razor claws. Mm-hmm. But when you went through that adoption process, you brought yeah. the puppy home, what would you say in the first few days like worked and what didn't work? Because again, we're adults who want to pamper and treat these yeah. like little cute stuffed animals. So maybe we have a little more give, but what were some things you did that worked or didn't work? I mean... Really? So I didn't adopt. I actually, so a lot of family members of mine have severe allergies, including my mother, who is deathly allergic to dogs, but because she loves me and my girlfriend so much, she allows both of our dogs in her home. Um, But because of the allergies, we had to be very careful about the breed. So we chose a hypoallergenic, um, super hypoallergenic dog. Um, So I had to go through the process of getting interviewed and the breeders that I got to know were really specific about who they were looking to Mm -hmm. um, have take on their puppies. Um, But I had to then go through this entire process of learning what to do to safeguard my home. I didn't realize how many things like um, moving furniture around and making sure the plants weren't hanging low near the ground and things like that. Um, But I'd say the first week was really tough. And what I realized is that it's all about routine and getting into this consistent way of feeding, um, providing water, walking, the amount of time that you're putting a puppy into the crate. We did crate training and getting Buddy to really love his crate was probably the most important thing that I did. And getting him to realize that his crate is this really safe, awesome, fun environment for him, got him to want to go in there and take naps. And like babies, puppies need to rest. And Buddy would spend, and he still does, probably six to eight hours during the day just hanging out in his crate. So I've made it really fun. And his crate is actually with him right now, or I'd show it to you, but it's probably half the size of my apartment and my New York City apartment. And it's got a really comfortable cushion. I think there's down feathers in there. And I mean, I've made it a really enjoyable place for him. And I, I miss him right now. I'm, I'm going to admit this on the air that when we left him a couple days ago, there might have been tears in my eyes because it felt like I was leaving my kid for, you know, leaving him for college to start university or to start college. So, you know, the first week was tough. I'm not going to lie. That's, I, I fully get that. We're boarding Mont um, yeah. for the first time ever this weekend because um, we're going to Rhode Island with my wife and family. And I am a freaking mess, like preparing <laughs> to like let him go. And I... And Tim's making me do the drop off. And like Monty's very attached to me, probably more so than my boyfriend. And I feel like it's just going to like, I'm going to probably walk out of there sobbing. So there's no shame. There's no shame. You're sad now. Later, you won't be. At some point right now, it's sad. But at other times, you're like, I could use a break. It was nice being able to drop my puppies off to like a daycare for a weekend and think, okay, they're going to have fun. They'll play. And then I could 
not have to worry about them. I tell you, I left Buddy and Kaibo, both of our dogs, overnight for two nights, actually, when we went away, Kiara and I went away. And as sad as it is to drop them off, it is such a good feeling when you go to pick them up and they run right back up to you. I mean, Buddy ran to me down the street and it was the best feeling in the world. Literally, best feeling in the world. So they don't forget you. So don't worry, Angela. I saw this like meme and it was like, your dog is spoiled. I was like, no, he's competitively compensated for an excellent user experience. It's like, exactly, exactly. Cody, spoil the dogs. Like that that was the thing. When 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 Dollar came along, it was right from a shelter. And again, and and Harris, the allergy thing is a real situation because yeah. my sister and they have a dog, Colby, who's the most adorable dog. You guys, you met Colby when I was there that one time we had all those cooking competitions. Mm-hmm. I was watching Colby and my my nephew, Riley. And they, my brother-in-law and nephew are violently allergic, like hospital allergic to dogs. Yeah. And my sister actually, you know, she used to have a dog and she had to, you know, she, she someone else adopted that dog from her. Um, and it was something that she always loved dogs. Again, my sister, we love dogs more than anything. But getting one in the house was a big issue because they wanted one, but yeah. it had to be safe. And by doing that, and Colby's now been there for, you know, a couple, couple of years and it ha- and hasn't killed anyone and is the sweetest, most lovable dog. So when people I know people can get judgy about rescue versus that, like everyone wants to rescue. Of course. But also when you rescue, like I when I rescued a puppy. Uh, she's adorable. We raised her exactly as we want to, but taking on our second dog, Pliskin, who mm-hmm. is again, a little cutie, sweetheart, everything. And we'll talk about integrating other dogs together. Yeah. Uh, he was a year and a half old and spent a year in a cage being abused. So he still has this trauma. And if you're not prepared to deal with that and actually take those steps, which could include medication, which could include like uh, isolation, which could include having crates buried all over the place so they could yep. know where it's safe it really becomes an issue. So sometimes people want to be a hero and say, I rescued, I rescued, but then the dog doesn't get what they need. And I see that again with dogs that are too big and that that can't be controlled. And someone feels as if, okay, I can control a 120 pound Mastiff. And, and if you do not know what to do, like if you're a child and you know what to do, you can control it, but you could be a full girl. You could be a football player and not be able to control that dog. So a lot of times getting the dog that suits your own family but I know sometimes there can be judginess where people are like, why would you buy? Why would you do breed? And I'm like, don't like, it's not your dog. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, do you, you live your life and do it. Like if you, if you adopted a kid or like, why didn't you have your own kids? You know, it's, yeah. it's like, why don't you go to a foster home? Why don't you go to an orphanage? It's like, you get to choose who you're going to raise and bring into your life. And whether it's allergy or whether you just like a certain breed, I know people yeah. that are obsessed with a breed and they're like, this is the only breed I love. And the only way to get these dogs is through this system. And that's, you know, that's, that's a great choice to make for people. Yeah. And Gene, I think you bring up a good point and, you know, everyone debates the um, adopt versus going through a breeder. And the most important thing is that you do a lot of research and know that you're working with a breeder that has the right practice in place. Um, I did a lot of research and talked to a lot of people who have gone through the process before me. But the other point that you made that I think is interesting is that a lot of people love the idea of a puppy, but don't realize the responsibility that comes yeah. along with it. And it's, I mean, you're, you're responsible for this puppy or this pet. And there's so much that goes into it. It's yes. not cheap. Um, medical bills and vaccinations and food and boarding and 
dog in New York City, you need a dog walker if you're working. New York is another level of totally responsibility. You can't just open your door and they go out into a yard, pee, and then come in. It's a process. Yeah. Neighbors, people around you, every vet is 10 times the cost. A stomachache is $700 in New York oh City. Oh, my God. And also making sure, like, in the beginning that your pet is safe when they're walking on the street. Um, yep. I did find, I got to tell you, I did find some awesome resources online. There's some great free content that you can find online about training dogs. Mm -hmm. um, I found this site called Bella and Baxter. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Um, oh, yeah. but it's a, I think they're based out of Michigan, but they created this huge curriculum on every step. So like before the puppy even came home, I must've spent hours listening to their different podcast episodes and they're um, reading through their content and they have all these PDF materials. So if anyone's looking or thinking about getting a puppy, you got to do your research before you jump into it. Yeah. And, and you also, so girlfriend, you had a dog that you loved, yep. little cutie. And when it came to integrate, and again, it's, it's, it's good because they're, they're, they're smaller dogs. Yeah. And I found again, integrating, getting two smaller dogs together is, is easy. When we, when Pliskin came along, he was a dude that just, you know, he weaseled his way into life. You know, he was just, oh, you're just going to watch him for a week or so. And then we're like, if they got along and if it's small dogs and they're fighting, you're just like, they can't really do the damage that, yep. you know, if, if Pliskin again, were a German shepherd and just yeah. gets a little angry. And I've had issues with like bigger dogs and smaller dogs. Usually the smaller dogs are the ones that take control and the bigger ones they'll put up with it to a point and you're worried about that little moment where you're like, okay, they went too far. Mm -hmm. This big dog doesn't know its own strength and just yep. said, okay, I'm throwing you across the room and you just have to make sure that there's that respect. So when you brought buddy home, was there any jealousy? Was there any worries? Was there a feeling of, okay, I'm in charge. You're the puppy. Well, I'm, I'm also wondering just before you go, Harris, like, what if you like had any sort of strategy for yeah. like the two dogs meeting? Well, this is a sensitive topic for all of us involved. <laughs> um, Kaibo is, you know, has been, has been on this earth for over five years mm -hmm. and is a people per a people dog, right? She's not a dog's dog. She's a people's dog. Yep. And she is awesome. She's got the greatest demeanor. She's um, 11 pounds. Before we brought Buddy home, we had a real long talk with Kaibo and let no, I'm kidding. Before we brought Kaibo or Buddy home um, into the apartment, I actually had my girlfriend and Kaibo leave and I brought Buddy into the apartment so he can roam around and sniff and get comfortable with the territory. Um, so we brought Kaibo in and Kaibo and Buddy did a lot of that sniffing and, um, and got to know each other a little bit. And we were a little bit careful at first. We kept them on a leash, which you always have to yes. do because you don't know what kind of behavior. Tether, tether, tether. Yep. And very quickly, they became close. And they have one of those relationships. It's almost like a little bit of a love-hate relationship where they'll play. And Kaibo, when we first brought Buddy, hit Buddy home, Kaibo was 11 pounds. Buddy was five and a half pounds. So Buddy was like her little brother. And then within two months... Buddy was like triple the weight of Kaibo. Um, so now when they play, it's a little bit of a different dynamic. And Buddy puts Kaibo in her place. Kaibo will put Buddy in his place. And there's still moments where we have to keep an eye on it where like one of them will go a little bit too far. And Kaibo has this little thing where she'll show her teeth. 
she won't do much with it, but she'll show her teeth. And we're trying to work through that behavior because yeah. I think there is definitely some territorial stuff going on yeah. where, well, I mean, she's loving it right now because she's here in the apartment by herself and she's getting all this attention. Yes. So, and They'll be humping too. And that's the thing. When we introduced, because <laughs> Do- Dollar was five around that age when Pliskin and Pliskin was already a year yeah. and a half going through things. She established immediately, this is my house and you're going to follow it. And the interesting, con- the interesting thing was seeing them act together because dollar is loves people more than anything will crawl on someone and just want to kiss and she just loves yeah. people pliskin's a little more standoffish very few people on this earth he likes um and the people he does he will not leave alone i'm yeah. one of those people but when they were when we were establishing that and when they'd go out we thought do they even like each other like it's it helped her with her separation anxiety she wouldn't be alone and all of a sudden she could be alone but then we realized when they'd go to daycare regularly mm-hmm. we'd find out that Pliskin and Dollar, Pliskin was Dollar's guardian. Like no dog can get near Dollar if they didn't go through Pliskin. And they're like, he's so protective of her. He will make sure nothing happens to her. He'll, if something's happening, he'll run in front and start it. And we thought that's so amazing that these two dogs that never hang out really much at home when they're out, he knows that he's the bodyguard and no one messes with his sister. And she uses that to her advantage. She's like, go yep. attack. And that was Kaiba amazing. Doing the same thing. I think Kaiba's yeah. doing the same thing. She's protecting her little brother. Yep. And they've got this really special relationship like that. When we're not looking, all of a sudden we'll like peek in and Kaiba and Buddy will be like sitting there, like hanging out in the same area, playing with the same toy. It's really cute. But wait, who are we kidding? It comes down to one thing. It comes down to treats. This podcast is brought to you by Everplans, the app designed to guide you through securely storing and sharing your most important information. We're pretty much everywhere you are, so be sure to follow us. We're at Everplans on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. See you next week.